Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast, where we amplify the fascinating stories and melodies that define Wisconsin's vibrant music culture. I'm your host, Zach Fell, and today we're delving into the world of an extraordinary artist who's been passionately crafting music for three decades. With over 15 years dedicated to mastering the guitar and songwriting, our guest embodies the essence of Evo folk. Her music is a fusion of powerful vocals, thumping guitar rhythms, and lyrics that resonate deeply with the human experience. Dana Perry is more than a musician. She's a 15-time Madison Area Music Association, or MAMA, award winner, including prestigious titles like Acoustic Guitarist of the Year in 2019, Folk Americana Performer of the Year 2020, and Best Female Vocalist 2021. Her latest album, Tunes on the Battlefield, 2021 MAMA Awards for Folk Americana Album of the Year. Known for her captivating live performances, Dana has graced songwriting showcases since 2013. Her music carries a raw yet fierce authenticity centered on the divine essence of music and the inner journey of being a human. Her music teaches us to embrace each moment of our journey, acknowledging that every obstacle we face, whether a pebble or a pandemic, is met with unwavering determination. When she's not on stage or in the studio, Dana gives back to the community through songwriting and guitar workshops. She's also a guitar instructor and band coach for the Girls Rock Camp Madison nurturing the next generation of artists. Her role as music coordinator at Cargo Coffee East further cements her as a driving force in Madison's music scene. Let's dive deep into Dana Perry's world where music, personal growth, and her dedication to Girls Rock Camp Madison intertwine to create a unique artistic expression that resonates with souls around the world. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Dana Perry. She is singer-songwriter. She has her mobile recording. She is a teacher, and she's also a music coordinator in Madison. So welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's get right into your music origin story. Kind of give us a synopsis of how you got into music. Sure. I mean, like many musicians, uh, I've been into it as a small child. I've been singing my whole life. Uh, I went to school for music education at Western Illinois University, and uh, after college, I just started to kind of branch off. I actually didn't get into teaching then, but I uh, started playing guitar and songwriting when I was about 20 years old. So I've been doing that now for about 17 years. Um, I played in Macomb, Illinois for the first few years, and then uh, it's kind of a small town. And uh, so there was a friend of mine that was born and raised here in Madison and said that Madison had a terrific music scene and that uh, they would really love my music and that I would love Madison music. So uh, we decided to come check it out. Uh, we were going to stay for a year or two and take you to the scene so and see how it was. We've lived here 10 years now. So, nice. Uh, Excellent. It's been, been great. So I've definitely set a lot of musical roots here. Are you the only musician in your family or do you have multiple people in your family that have uh, dabbled in music? Um, I mean, officially, I'm like kind of the only one. My cousin uh, is in tunes and uh, he has some choir background. I have another cousin that has some choir background. But um, other than that, nobody really ever did anything with music. But I will say everybody is definitely passionate about music. My dad's always been very passionate about music and my mom, too. And they can both sing very well. They just won't really ever do it in front of people. You know? <laughs> it's kind of one of those. I'm kind of the only one that 
Excellent. But there's definitely um, a love for music uh, throughout both sides of my family. Sure. Excellent. Cool. So let's kind of talk a little bit about now that you've been in Madison for the last 10 years, how are you viewing the uh, the local scene, the positives and the struggles? That's a good question. Um, it's kind of a right now, especially all we've been through with COVID stuff. You know, um, yeah. I, up until COVID, I, I definitely feel like, I mean, well, still, <laughs> Madison always has a really strong um, presence in music for, for just talent. I'd say there's a lot of wide genre possibilities, a little something for everybody. Um, I will say I felt that there was a really strong sense of community when I first moved here. And then just kind of after COVID stuff, it feels really fractured right now. And I think we're trying really hard to get our sense of community back. Okay. Definitely been a challenge with the shift in, in venues and, and, you know, spaces closing and, and trying to open ownership changing and things like that. So I feel like we're struggling a little bit right now, but there's definitely a passion and there's a lot of really just insanely great musicians in this town. And I'll say that's one of the things that drew me to it, that people, pretty much whatever you want to do, you can do it. I would meet musicians that are just throw together and curate their show, make their own videos, and the sense of DIY here is right. fantastic, which I've always loved. And uh, But I think, you know, COVID kind of put a halt to some stuff, but then we're, we're still kind of trying to, <laughs> trying to get back, you know, that sense of what we had before. That's the biggest struggle right now, for sure. And and getting people to go to shows, um, to go and to, to feel safe to come out and gather for music is a challenge, for sure. Now, being a multi-award winner for the Mass and Area Music Association, how did that come around for you? Um, well, Madison Area Music Association was one of the first um, organizations I got in touch with when I first moved here. I had heard of words and then just wanted to see what the, if the award what the award show was about and stuff like that. There was a lot of my friends that were participating and some new music people that I was getting in touch with that were participating. And then, then found a little bit more about the organization and it's a nonprofit and it raises a lot of funds for music education programs and things like that. Uh, the Mama Cares Fund um, for musicians that need medical help and might not be able to afford it. Um, so I just I liked what the organization was doing for sure and then found that participating in the award show kind of helps you donate and raise money for the organization. So that's why I started to participate um, and uh, kind of register yourself and kind of get your songs, get your music in the mix. So I registered not long after I moved here to Madison. Um, and then uh, there was an award one with the trio I was in and then a four-piece band I was in. We had a couple awards and then uh, several awards out under my name for sure. Um, but it's a good organization for sure. Yeah. And then how did you get um, to work with the Girls uh, Rock Camp in Madison? So Girls Rock Camp, um, I met Beth Kelly through, uh, through Ladies Rock Camp. It's the same organization. Girls Rock Camp is uh, age 16, and then Ladies Rock Camp is 18 and over. Um, and uh, my, the trio I was playing in at the time got booked to play at camp, at Ladies Rock Camp, for a lunchtime performance, and that's when I met uh, Beth Kelly. Uh, she's the musical director, and uh, she had was looking to recruit new female staff, and um, and I honestly would have been just content to sit in the corner and tune guitars, but <laughs> that's such an amazing organization. I thought it was fantastic what they were doing, 
um, and all female staff, you know, doing this, providing this space for young girls to learn their craft with no experience necessary. We are bass, drums, keys, vocals, they form bands, they write a song, they record it at the studio at the end of the week, and then they play on stage. It's fantastic. So I, I was like, I just want to be around. But, yeah. Uh, so I was brought on initially as a band manager and then a band coach and then a pretty quickly um, their guitar instructor. So oh. um, one of their primary guitar instructors. Um, I just, I can't, I can't stop. I keep going back. It's so <laughs> it's addicting for sure. They're, so, they're a fantastic organization. And how many years was that again? I, I missed that. Uh, I joined in the summer of 2013. So we're okay. about, about 10, 10 years. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and I've been fortunate enough. Uh, it's, uh, I usually make it a priority to try to make sure I coach every session. So it's really rewarding. Is that like a certain time of the year or is that kind of like in quarters or how's, how's that layout for that? Summer, we do three sessions. Each session is one week long. Um, usually it's like one in June, one July, one August. I think this year we're going to do two in July, but it's a week long and it's ages 8 to 18. It's a pretty intensive camp. They're there for full days. Uh, you know, kind of 9 a.m. to about maybe 4 p.m. So we, and uh, every day for about, you know, five, six days. So we definitely put them, put them through the ringer for sure. But yeah, it's totally worth it. <laughs> they, they have a blast. Going off that little tangent, you said they get to record at the end. That's really cool. Um, are you part of that as well? So the, we do the recordings usually at Paradigm Productions. Um, Jake Johnson's fantastic, and he's been working with us pretty consistently, uh, pretty much the whole time. Um, so uh, I go there as a, one of their, as the band coach. We take our bands kind of one at a time, and uh, they do a day-long studio session. The studio just, they're fantastic. They just take one band after the other, uh, eight to ten bands each, and just record them all in a day. Wow. Um, they do some light mixing and a little mastering, and then they have it out to us, like, in 24 hours, 48 hours. Um, so we take the girls, you know, one band at a time, and then we kind of coach them while they're in the studio and right. that kind of stuff and take them through the process. So Cool. Very cool. And that kind of takes me up to the the question about your own um, mobile recording, which is Folk U, F-O-L-K, and then the letter U, Productions. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that as well? So Folk U Productions is, uh, we kind of do a lot of things, really. Uh, my partner and I started it just before I moved here, so a little over 10 years. And um, it's basically, we call it a grassroots DIY movement. Uh, we do all kinds of things for musicians. We do recording, we do video, um, we do merch making and DIY merch making. And we're showing um, musicians who are just starting out, like kind of how they can DIY a lot of their first stuff. So the mobile recording studio, um, we have a 26-foot uh, shuttle bus that we can are still in the process of converting <laughs> into uh, into full functioning mobile recording studio. It's pretty bare bones right now, and we've done some light stuff, but it needs a lot of work still. So up until we had the actual mobile studio, we just kind of did stuff out of our place wherever we happen to be. Um, we're both kind of wanderers, so we've lived out of the bus several times and then lived in another pull behind for a couple of years, different incantations of trying to make it work, you know? Right. Um, but whenever we're not actually on the road, we do more stuff when we're sitting still these days. Um, so just kind of showing artists why make their own merch, DIY their own albums, their demos, just kind of more focused on artists that are just starting out to just kind of show them they can do a lot of stuff themselves or like we can be DIY kids and we'll work super cheap or for free in a lot of cases to just kind of get you the first things of what you need when you're just starting out. 
Excellent. And if there are listeners out there that are interested in um, knowing more about that, where can they uh, receive more information? So right now it's pretty much just the Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Productions. We do have a Gmail uh, too. It's Folk um, we do all kinds of random stuff, too. Um, we did the live stream for uh, Cargo Coffee East uh, here. Uh, when the pandemic was in full swing and we were closed, we did a regular concert every Friday and Saturday night um, from the stage. And then we live streamed the Girls Rock Camp Showcase. Uh, we recorded the High Noon Hell Weekend uh, set. Um, so we do some stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, pretty much just the Facebook page and the Gmail account. Okay. So for listeners out there, if you're interested, go over to facebook.com slash folkuproductions. And once again, they also have an email, folkuproductions at gmail.com. Now I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, your personal music. Um, you have been putting out music since, I think, I saw the earliest one on your website was 2009. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, was that almost 14 years of music. So yeah. why don't you kind of tell us how you... Um, started, kind of what you've learned over the years in the process of that, and what how you're doing it now? Awesome. Good questions. Um, I I mean, I'd always been a singer, always been a vocalist, and um, I wanted to sing so bad, and I just needed an instrument to back me up. And I at first I thought maybe I was a punk bass chick, you know what I mean? And I wanted to do, like, bass, a badass bass chick. Yeah. But I had a hard time singing one melody and playing another on the bass. It was just so challenging for me. Uh, I dabbled in piano for a little bit, but I didn't have one. And, the, you know, they're not very portable, <laughs> as at least the one I was playing. Yeah. Um, so my mom got me guitars. So I just, you know, I didn't have any lessons. I just kind of put my hands somewhere and looked up chords online and just started really slow. And, and you know, I would play three chords. I'll play them really slow. And then I'll sing over it. Everyone will be dazzled by my voice. They will be able to tell that I can't play guitar. (laughs) And I wasn't going to songwrite either. I was just, I'll just do this. I'll play other songs until someone comes along and they're like, hey, you're awesome. I'm going to write these songs for you to sing. Um, But I I started writing just to get some songs out. And then, yeah, just kind of a door opened. I realized how much songwriting was doing for me on a personal level, um, on an artistic level. Um, I'd always been into creative writing when I was in school. So it was kind of a nice way to bridge the gap between my musical passions and my writing. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. And uh, as soon as I felt like I was able to sing and play guitar at the same time, and I had some songs I felt maybe were good, you know, I, I, I started playing on stage and I started recording. The first couple recordings are super DIY. It's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? No, we're leaving it up there wants to see what my first album sounds like, this is what the nature of DIY Yeah. And here the next album gets a little bit better, gets a little better, gets a little better. And then I started doing stuff in pro studios, which was a lot better. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it kind of just took off and evolved from there. I just kept getting more and more passionate about it. And I loved the storytelling element of where, what my songs were starting to do. Um, they started to focus on a kernel journey more than anything else okay um which was really nice so most of my songs are kind of about the big everything as i say just kind of here's where i am here's what's going here's what i need it's usually what my songs tend to do here's where i am like here's what's going on here's the the conundrum or thing and then here's what i need here's what i'm going to do about it 
formula is really powerful. I think it's a way that we can put our intentions out into the universe and actually get something back, something best, you know. Um, so that's essentially what I, I try to do and where my songwriting is now. Um, and it's kind of ever going towards that direction. Always got to do the same. So. Yeah. Now, your last two albums, Kill the Rockstar, which was an EP, and then Tunes on the Battlefield, what um, sparked the inspiration between those two albums? So, Kill the Rockstar, I had a handful of new songs that I just wanted to make sure I got down. <laughs> and um, some of them I had written when I was on tour. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I got down, but I didn't have you know a lot of new songs after that. So I was like, well, let's do a little EP, you know? And I ended up putting out a music video for Kill the Rockstar like a year or two later, which ended up being pretty cool. So I was like, let's do this little EP. Don't get these songs out. Yeah. And um, Tunes on the Battlefield was necessary. <laughs> I, uh, that's the that's the pandemic album. Okay. Uh, most of those songs are written during the pandemic and kind of about what it's like being and going through what we're going through. Um, you know, when the world shut down, you know, musicians didn't know what we were going to do. And we also didn't know where our place was in this. We were just like, all I know how to do is make music. Yeah. Like, and then to me, the answer is obviously we need to gather and make music, but we couldn't. So yeah. it was really frustrating. And it was just like, fire, who wants to hear some tunes, I guess? Like, I don't know. It, it was just really challenging. But, you know, as we were doing these live streams, you know, it was we were getting these messages like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing this. I need to stay connected to this band or I need to stay connected to my music. And, you know, people who are really passionate about gathering for live music and understand the powers that it, it yeah. um, you know, and we, with the live stream, once we, st- you know, we were able to have that first week, okay, we can have 10 people attend the live stream. And it's just guests of the musicians in their inner circle, people they've been exposed to already just 10 people and even just in those 10 people that were you know i would have a woman cry at the end like tears like thank you i really needed this i needed to be in a room with musicians making music and it it was scary because we're like are we being totally irresponsible just like having this happen and i'm like no cargo's a big space high ceilings it's good ventilation there's only 10 people they can spread out you know what i mean let's just get them in the room and it was really transformative, and people just kept telling us how great it was. That even though they can do that, they can do this. And it was really just helping them get through it. That's why we're doing it then, you know? And then we can have 20 people, and then, and then 25 people, and then 30 right. people. And then still, tears. People just like, oh my God, thank you so much. And the musician is like, dude, I haven't played anything in months. I really needed to play music tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, this is, this is what we're doing. So just reflecting on that, there was a lot of songs that were coming through that were just like, no, man, like at the, at the heart of every uprising or, you know, crazy world chaos <laughs> that happens, like there's music happening. It's just, it's ground, it's grassroots, it's at the ground level, and, and it's necessary. So what tunes on the battlefield is these songs that were kind of inspired by, you know, the world's on fire, but like music, we need to make music still. Like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, now, I usually put like two or three songs from the artist on the podcast. And if you'd like to do that, there'd be like three of them that you'd like to pick. Well, I guess it depends on if there's swear words or not. <laughs> there are some swear words in there. but uh, Tunes on the Battlefield is, is a good title track, but it has an album in every chorus. So I would maybe check that one out on the side. 
Um, but as far as playing some this year is good. So let's pick three that doesn't have some bombs in it. Sounds good. I'd say uh, this year off the Tunes on the Battlefield album is a good one. Gonna open up my cells. I've got a vision of a new way of being. I'll open up my cells, release the tension, got a new
Um, I think Kill the Rockstar from the other album, I'm pretty sure that one's clean. Um, Connection from Kill the Rockstar album. show at Boss Meadery when it was still open and uh, it was kind of rainy outside and uh, I was playing under a tent but uh, there was just nobody showing up and I was like you know what whatever I'm just gonna play and just for me I'm here you know and some people gradually showed up maybe four or five people 
started to trickle some rain, and I'm like, should, should I stop? And they were like, no, if you're here, we're here. Like, and I just, I felt, I was like, well, if you're here, I'm here. And it felt like a beautiful metaphor, you know, like as long as there's music, there's listeners. As long as there's people that want to listen to music, there's people that are going to make music. So, right, exactly. And that's probably a good one to play. Yeah.
one of the last questions I ask is about work-life balance. Um, do you find that as something difficult to handle or you have a good control of your work-life balance? That's actually a really great question. I, I feel really fortunate to, even though I, I feel busy at times, um, nothing I do in my life really feels like work, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's all really stuff that I'm passionate about. Um, I'm really passionate about, you know, my own music that I make and coaching with girls rock camp and, and folk production stuff. Um, and for Cargo, you know, I have the benefit of doing all the booking here and I run the sound and I get, and I get to do that. And it's, it's like really rewarding. It just doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah. And I do work behind the counter here two days, like just two days a week though. And I do really enjoy it. I love, I love the, the art of making lattes and being of service. So nice. I kind of don't really feel like that's work either. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I'm pretty good balance actually. So um, it's it helps to not feel like you're actually working <laughs> if, you, if you do stuff you love. Exactly. Exactly. A gig that has made an impression on you, either as an artist or an audience member, or maybe you have a story of from both sides of the stage. Oh man, I don't know. That's a question. There's a couple of gigs that stick out, but they stick out for totally different reasons. Like, I mean, I'd say one of the things that makes a big impression on me is um, it actually wasn't even any of my stuff. I happened to be playing. Uh, there's two. I played as a Ani DeFranco cover band and an Indigo Girls cover band. Okay. A couple times at high noon, and. Uh, stick out to me just because the energy in the crowd was really awesome. There was a lot of people there. And anytime you get to play for a big crowd is always going to be awesome. You know, just the energy and the vibe is great. Um, and there was a lot of Omni fans and that were right up front singing along, which was really cool. Excellent. Um, but I'd say other than those, another one that sticks out as far as my own gigs. Um, I... I'd say my album releases stick out a lot, uh, just because everyone loves an album release, you know, and I always make it a point to have really killer musicians share the bill with me, you know, so there's like two other bands at least on the bill. Right. I set the tone for the night, and it's always so celebratory, and uh, I usually play with a full band, and anytime I get to play with a full band, is always extra fun. And uh, the energy is just always off the books, for sure. Um, it's nice to really be able to unleash, for sure. I know a lot of musicians probably agree. Any, any gigs, the vibes are just automatically good. There's a great crowd. There's great tunes. There's great, you know what I mean? You're guaranteed yep. to be able to unleash. Fantastic. Is there anything I haven't uh, asked you yet that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Um. I'm working on a new album right now. I've been recording at Audio for the Arts. Okay. Um, my drummer, Jenna Jonas, um, my bass Dan Kennedy, um, my good friend, Kelly Hepper, has been singing harmonies, and then we got Matthew Lesniak of Cruise Around. He's doing some shredding lead guitar on it. And, oh, man, it sounded so good. <laughs> I'm really excited. Is um, this going to be a different direction from um, the Battlefield, or is it going to be kind of in the same uh, um, idea? Actually, this one's a little unique. I um, So, as I talked to my, the albums I have on my website, um, some of them are super DIY. And they kind of get a little better and better. Right. So there's an album I had out um, that there's just some really great songs on there, but the quality is just it's not great. And I really want to swap it out, like kind of take that one off the streaming platforms. Okay. 
record, revamp, remix, remaster some of those songs. So this new one have a couple of the songs from my Reclamation album. And then it's also going to have, I was in a band for a while uh, called Imaginary Watermelon, and we put on an album, and uh, they were all my original tunes. It's not on any of the streaming platforms, and it's out under the band name, and the band doesn't exist anymore. So there's a few songs on there, though, that I'm like, I really want to make sure that they have, you know what I mean? Yeah. So take a couple songs from that Imaginary Watermelon album, a couple songs from Reclamation, and then I have five brand new songs as well. So the album's going to be called Now and Again. Okay. <laughs> so there'll be some songs that are like get a get a revamp, some stuff that people might have heard already, but it's got to be that new mixing, new mastering. Um, some songs that were out with the band when the band was a thing, and now they're kind of getting a new voice um, on this new album. And yeah, five brand new songs as well. So um, it's going to be kind of a mishmash of stuff. I'm looking forward to, to releasing. It. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So obviously, we're recording this on the last day of 2022. When do you are hoping for this album to come out? Um, I believe we just very recently just solidified that we're going to have the release March 26th. So it's going to be, uh, and which I think was nice. It's not a late Sunday. It'll be a nice early Sunday. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, I'll have more details about it soon, but it looks like we're going to release it March 26th. you feel confident in everything like that with this album and you've played some gigs out again with this album. Why don't you come back on and we can talk more about it. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Another enlightening episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We extend our heartfelt gratitude to Dana Perry for sharing her musical journey, wisdom, and passion with us. Her story is a testament to the transformative power of music. As we wrap up today's episode, remember that the Wisconsin Music Podcast is your portal to the diverse and captivating world of local music. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your support fuels our mission to showcase and amplify the remarkable talents that we call Wisconsin home. Join us next time as we continue our exploration of the stories and melodies that define Wisconsin's vibrant music culture. Thanks to Fox City's Indie Radio for playing these episodes on Wednesday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 3 p.m. Till then, keep listening, keep discovering, and keep the music alive.